shed on a nice warm summer day, we're going to have just our usual conversation. We don't have any glittering Illuminati from outside the shed joining us today, except Buddy. But I think we're going to have some fun, and I think you will too. So settle down, a cup of coffee, or just a walk, and here we go. Well, yes, I found uh, the complete uh, three seasons of Arctic Air when I was in Ottawa. Oh, And I started watching nice. it again. That's a great show. Yeah. Anyway, it was fun to do that um, because of all the memories it brought back from every episode, right? Yeah, I was going to say, there'd be a lot of faces you haven't seen for a while or people you had relationships with and stuff, you know. And And also, back to uh, sharing residuals with Buddy, Hmm. I would like you both to know that this week I received a residual from the Beachcombers. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Because I thought, I don't know if you guys remember that uh, Jackson Davies... You know, it like was the Mountie, but th- no, but thirty years into the Beachcombers, he, they went. He went. Um, why don't we get any residuals for this stuff? Because it was still being played oh, everywhere. It was and him. there was a big, there was a big thing that happened in CBC finally. So I think I back then when it happened, you you sort of got a retroactive something. And I'm sure I made at least fifteen dollars or something <laughs> this week. 46 cents <laughs> from the beachcombers. Come on, you guys. That was oh, my... F- frame that one. I think that's, that, I think that's my first gig. Absolutely. Like my first. Frame. I don't know if it was first, but it was way early. Yeah. Way, way early. First first actual kind of role. I, I, I had some... Where you weren't a spear carrier. That's right. And I think I remember being excited because, you know, like the dream is recurring character. Right. Oh yeah. And you sort of think, is he going to be a recurring character? Well, that'd be cool. Beachcombers. And they don't even know, like, until someone will really appeal to the audience, and they'll go, "Okay, let's let's bring him back." And those days, it would be people picking up the phone from its cradle and rotary dialing a number to somebody to say, "Who's that guy that played so and so?" Yeah. Or or letters. Maybe handwriting letter. letter Yeah. Stamp (laughs) cards and letters. You know, putting it on a pony to be. Ridden at high yeah. speed. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, no, keep that one in frame it. That's cool. Yeah, like if you were smart and you wanted to have an impact on stuff, you'd have a stack of cards ready to go, you know, because they, they were the cheapest to mail too. Didn't you get a, like a postcard rate back then? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I thought they came pre- Yeah. Pre-stamped. Yeah, yeah, and then all it is is you just the address and you're done. It's, it's almost as easy as an email when you think about it. But that, so- that's a good point. And although that last bit was ludicrous, we won't just go there, but... A little slower than... An yeah. Not like about 80, 100,000 times. Oh, you're talking about the time to deliver. I'm talking about the effort to do it. Yes. You're right. You're right. Because you had to go into town anyway, right? I believe And you had to chat with Morris anyway. Is simply <laughs> like, specious, RJ. Yeah. <laughs> Fox Morris will know. Um... No, I think the problem with buying a stack of postcards is then you're kind of in the business of writing letters to the editor and complaining to Hydro about this. You know, you're that person, right? If you've bought a whole pile of prepaid postcards specifically so you can respond to things. If you wanted to be the complainer, yeah. Well, but I mean, if most of your responses were encouraging and enthusiastic and... Well, okay, I so... I want to see more of that Kevin McNulty. Yeah, but I mean... Damn it. Uh, based on social media's overall tone, I think most people are prompted to reply when they have something negative to say. Yes, so that's true. Be the same with not me though. Not me either. I try not to. Anyways, I think we should have a check-in to see how we all feel about 
the world. Did you see the 90 degree water off Florida two days ago? No. 90 degrees. Oh, 90, 90 Fahrenheit. It's too hot for the animals, right? I could give you my, my two-word response on the state of the world right now, if you'd like. Yes. Sorry, kids. Yes, exactly. But I think I, I've just, just because I think it's going to, if this podcast continues like it is, we're going to go through some stuff rather soon, I think. Remember they used to say, oh, in 2050, there'll be an extra inch of water in the oceans by 2050. And they thought that we need to deal with because that just means, you know, that's going to snowball into who knows what. Yeah. Well, that's... Uh, just gone out the window. Yeah, that's that that's by went about ten years. Twenty twenty four. We're up to. We're talking about feet level rises and stuff. So I just think that we should check in every yeah, soon session. Sue and I went for a nice walk on the West Dyke, and we're looking at all those beautiful condos, basically townhouses. We thought, how lovely. And then we were thinking they'll be the first ones. Yeah. I mean, all of Richmond will get it. Yeah. But they'll get the greatest flow rate as it slowly fills up the rest of Richmond. I think I'd suggest that if you really want to know what's happening, just check out insurance rates. Those insurance guys must be don't really, fool around, right? Must like, be expensive in If Richmond. you're on a floodplain and you're right behind an ocean dike and the waters are rising, those guys are not missing that. Yeah, like if you can buy flood insurance there, yeah. it would be super expensive and it would be through the reinsurance market. Yeah. Because uh, BC insurance, like BCAA would go under. Yeah. But they would be, they would be reinsured globally. So. But even the global guys would start to go under after a while when all these floods yeah. start hitting. I'd you know? be surprised if they're still writing it and I wouldn't be surprised if they're canceling it. The writing's on the wall, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. going to well, just that, suddenly uh, reverse. That Florida story accompanied with farmer's insurance. Bum, 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 bum. Isn't that farmer's? I don't know. Yes, it Could is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with, um, who's the actor from, that. who's the actor from that drum movie, Whiplash, is it called? Who's the actor? I don't know. Drum movie Whiplash. Oh, man. I know that one. He's the farmer's guy. Anyway, yeah. uh, farmer's has uh, pulled out of Florida. Because of, I think, more tornado, hurricane stuff damage. But th they just can't do it anymore. And so there are people who just can't get insurance. Like, yeah. So if it goes, it goes, right? So that's, yeah. I believe, the shape of things to come to. And Floridians are the least likely to believe in any of this stuff. Bingo. A lot of people would like their governments to do something quite a bit more proactive around climate management. And oddly, it continues to not happen. And you sort of think, uh, at what point will people become so mobilized that the government is pressured enough to ignore its, for lack of more accurate terms, wealthy sponsors to do something? You know, I, I wonder. And it's far too late now already, but there will be a lot of people in a lot of really deep trouble who are feeling that they're not getting representation from their government. And that's a bad situation. That's the Marie Antoinette situation, right? Well, yes. And I think that um, food is going to be the first thing that, well, if we're not actually in a wildfire, say, or a flood, the, the general population will suffer from lack of food because, or, or certainly selective yeah. Lack of food, right? The things are going to start changing. Like, yeah. Don't they say like most of below Calgary is cannot? Well, it's the Palace of Triangle down there. That was desert. 
when we were kids. Oh, oh, well, it's uh, um, expanding, apparently. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's going to get worse, and I don't see where it's going to get better without cataclysm, basically. Mm. It's hard not to use other words. And yeah, I'm... So well, driving over here, I was thinking to myself, there's a case to be made to say, and I was thinking, how would I phrase it? We're the luckiest generation of white people that ever lived. Us, people our age who are Caucasian, probably have had the best, sweetest lives of any generation of Caucasians in history, in human history. For kids, our grandkids, and me, maybe not so much, but us, very, very lucky. Oh, I think kids. Well... Grandkids for sure. Kids probably oh, yeah. grandkids for sure. And well, well I, yeah, they're going to be they're certainly going to be in sick of it in, in ten years, yeah. maybe less. So we probably in, in this episode we've lost all of our uh, listeners that don't believe this is man made, mm-hmm. and there's still lots of people like that. Um, and uh, for the one or two that are still remaining, there's no way that we're going to convince you that it's man made. But I beg you to. Uh, reach back in your minds to 10 years ago when you're convinced that temperatures weren't rising. The same people that were telling you that temperatures weren't rising, that there was no hockey stick, that it was all just because the sensors have, are all downtowns, therefore they're hotter, that kind of thing. You were convinced of that before. You're no longer convinced of that. You might not even remember that you're convinced of it, but you were. Now you're no longer convinced of that, but you're convinced that it's not man-made because you're listening to the exact same news sources, largely funded through the oil industry. Yeah. Yep. And again, I'd probably add to that, what does it matter? Like, if it is not man-made, okay, fine, great, huge. What are you going to do? It does matter, totally. No, but hear me out. I understand what you mean, but my thought for people who don't believe that it is not man-made is... What are you going to do? Is there a man-made solution or changes that man can make to mitigate the oncoming problem? And would those changes include things like getting off oil? If you don't want to believe that, if you don't want to believe, like, I guess I'm agreeing with your point that people are now probably believing that climate change is real. They can choose whatever they want. Almost everyone does now. It's just they don't believe that it's man-made. Yes. So... So put aside the question of whether it's man-made or not and entertain the question of what are you going to do about it? If it's not man-made, does that mean we just sit here and cook and do nothing at all? Is that, is that the response? Yes. You, all you, see, if it's not man-made, all you can do is look for ways to deal with higher temperatures, right? That's all it is. And, and that's, a, that's actually, actually almost impossible, right? It's super expensive and uh, there's going to be a lot of upheaval, but if it is man-made, then there's lots that you can still do about it that will at least stave things off. So yeah, yeah okay. it's, so it's I, important I, to believe. Right? I guess I'd make my pitch to say, well, let the government spend money doing stuff that may or may not work because doing nothing is definitely not going to work. Yeah. Just, just spend the money. Oh. Yeah. Like better forest management's huge. Like oh, yeah. they're like, you can't just go, let's decrease oil. You also no. have to deal with the other side. So, yeah. um, and, and the forest management's just terrible. There are small groups that are doing controlled burns and that's super important, but it needs to be a lot more, more widespread. Yeah. I would also point at research or findings that were made when COVID started in the six months uh, after they started shutting everything down and people were, there was a whole bunch of reporting on 
improvements in the environment in various places, fish seen in streams that had never been seen the last 50 years, that kind of thing, you know, nature bouncing back quite surprisingly quickly. So if somebody has a bright idea on how to facilitate a slowdown or change to the way the climate is going now, I think you should entertain that. I don't think we have to argue too much about where it came from, but if we could all agree that it has to do with CO2 in the air, we don't have to argue about where the CO2 came from. Yeah. We can just argue about how to get it out of there. There's still lots of people that don't believe that. I get you, but I don't know what they think it is. What can we do, Skin? Us. Us three right here, what can we do? Well, we're doing it right now. We can vote. That's what we can do in this room. Yeah. Every level of government that you have a say in, make sure and exercise that say. It goes for everybody, even if you don't believe in climate change and you want to vote against all that stuff, we'll do it. But passiveness is what has allowed a whole bunch of terrible stuff to get to the point it's at now. And I'm not just talking about the environment. There's a whole bunch of stuff, distribution of wealth, all kinds of stuff. So vote. I actually had a pollster phone me yesterday. Ooh. Elemental. Do you know who Elemental is? Nope. Well, they're, they're in Ottawa, don't you know? And I said, oh, at the end, I said, so who are you uh, Who are you doing this poll for? Oh, the government. Oh, oh okay. Because they phoned me before, I think, a couple times. And Elemental comes up under the number. Mm. Like it actually... They show who they mm-hmm. are. Yeah. So I kind of know it's not a somebody scamming me. But they wanted to know... Sorry about buddy, but was it a landline? No. Okay. I don't have one of those. Okay. Um, they wanted to know about how I feel about the environment. What's more important to you, the economy or the environment? Wow. Just that. Wow. Um, what party do you lean towards, or what party is your? And I said, I well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, I'm thinking about Green and the NDP, and she said, which one? Like she didn't want. Right. She didn't want a wiffly waffly answer. No. I, I think she would have taken, I'm not sure, rather than yeah. green or NDP. Uh, well, yeah, because they're probably trained. If somebody's that close, if somebody just says, I'm not sure, well, we're not going to run through the entire communist, Marxist. I mean, <laughs> yeah. not going to go through the whole list. But if they say this one or that one, they're pretty close. So just yeah. push them to pick one. Anyway, I just I thought, oh, that's the, I'm pretty sure... That was the question. It was about the environment and what it, uh, that you wanted your elected politicians to actually do something about it. And it was a very short survey. And I thought, oh, okay, well, good for the government for putting their little finger on that pulse. Yeah, the action will be the tell. So if, if 95% of everybody says, yeah, I'm worried that I'm going to starve and or fry. Okay, so then what? It's just, well, I I'm not going to go down that road. Well, no, I, I think there's a lot of people that, that would say that's the economy that I'm worried about. Yeah, it, would, it doesn't matter if there's if you don't have a house to that's yeah, right. make your your yeah. meals in or it's food. Pretty, pretty hard to make a living wage if the factory you worked at is shut down or blowed up or underwater. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Blowed up real good, in fact. Boy, oh boy, this is grim. But, we only need to do this right. once every now and then. But almost. Oh, you don't want to do it. <laughs> but most people are not worried about food. They're no. just worried about fire and flood. Yeah, they're worried those about the, the immediate. Yes, yes. Those are the big two. They're not seeing that extra step of, oh, there's fire and flood in farming areas or drought. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, back to the Florida sea temperature, 
I'm going to say most countries in the world rely on the sea for a whole bunch of food. Oh, yeah. And if that sort of declines rapidly, people are going to... So basically, if the ocean stops working, in other words, if it yeah. stops supporting life, we're done. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you've never eaten a fish in your whole life. Yeah. We're done if the ocean stops moderating temperature and being involved in oxygen pr production and carbon dioxide recycling and all that kind of stuff that it does. Yeah, you gotta, man, maybe flip to harvesting different organisms. Yeah, but I mean, if Because the organism, it won't be a, just a massive die-off. No. It'll be a die-off replaced by other stuff. Well, I don't know. I mean, they've got dead spots in the Gulf of Mexico now that have been dead for 20, 30 years. And I mean, no oxygen, no living mm. thing. Mm. It is not able to continue the cycle that allows things to grow. In right. It. Not even tilapia. Yeah. And if we keep that up <laughs> and the, yeah, exactly. Tilapia. No, we went down to the Salton Sea and- it's just so, everything's so bad there that there's only tilapia. <laughs> and then and then every uh, July, uh, there's a massive die-off of the tilapia. Yeah. Because they, you know, they, they there's a big bloom and a big algae bloom and that sucks all the oxygen. Yeah. Mm. And then as you're walking around, all a really nice, crunchy feeling sand is not sand. It's bones. Yeah. The entire 300 miles around that lake. That's cool. Is, I only guessed Is that, old bones. Yeah, I only guessed and that. And it feels right. really cool to walk on, yeah. but uh, yeah. Well, and it, you know, it's, again, listeners, you know, of course you keep us on your regular listening rotation because we're the source of truth. But it's worth remembering that that dead spot in the Gulf was big news 10, 15, 20 years ago. Somehow it just sort of drifted off the radar. How'd that happen? I never even heard that part. Well, yeah. it was a big thing there for a while and it just kind of went away. 90 degrees water off Florida. Let's check next week to see if it's still a deal. Melting ice caps? It's but funny I, how that goes quiet. Weren't there parts of the Great Barrier Reef that were kind of decimated that actually did come back? Yes, but I can't remember the circumstances on which they did it. But yes, yeah, there's huge chunks of it that were dead. And then something changed. I don't know whether it was... COVID related in terms of fishing and tourist act. I don't know what it was. I cannot remember, but yes, it did make a really big rebound really quickly. And it, I hope it was some change in human behavior that caused it, but I just can't remember. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, listen, so, you know, next time when we get to those snappers, be prepared. You All right. Let's dive in. Okay. So we'll just like, Give the audience a jolt with the snappers, one yeah. of our funnest segments. Yeah. If not our funnest. <laughs> and, and then we'll follow it up with a, the punch, right? Yeah, that's right. Come on, come on, come come closer. Come. <laughs> this is fun, isn't it? Yeah. Bam. <laughs> Doom and gloom. And now it's time for Doom and Gloom. <laughs> We've had all the fun you're gonna have. Your whole life's been fun. Now it's time to pay the piper. It's doom and gloom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. What else have I got? What else? Well, what have I got? What have we got? Oh, Sue and I had a nice little, uh, nice little event. Just one of those surprise things. I think it was the day before yesterday. I'm sitting at my computer doing what I do. And then uh, Sue goes, oh, there's this thing on at Deer Lake Park. And what's that? Oh, it's the VSO. Oh, yeah. It's free. <laughs> free? <laughs> you know, well, it's just that funny thing in your head, right? Yeah. Like, you know, when there's a, what do they call that? A free bar or what, what do they call that when you're at a wedding thing? And Open the, bar. 
Open bar, yeah. Yeah, all the teetotalers go right off the wagon. And suddenly it's like, oh boy, here (laughs) we go. Yeah, so anyway, uh, that was just rather awesome. Well, just to ring another bell in your head, it's opera tonight. Yes, it's opera tonight, and it was the symphony last night. Sue goes, well, how about the opera tonight? And I'm going, no. (laughs) If it's Carmen, sure. Yeah, exactly. Will it be Bugs Bunny? Anything in the Bugs Bunny repertoire, I'm in. Yeah. uh, yeah, If I haven't heard it on Looney Tunes, I don't want to go. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to sit there. There were 13,000 people showed up last night. And I've been to, I'd say, 10 concerts there. It's the most ever. That is interesting. Because do you mind if, are you done? Because I want to segue. No, we're near done. Okay. I just got my story here. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Because, but. But rem- remind me that there was a thing about the 13,000 people that I 13, wanted to 13,000, absolutely. Anyway. Yeah, so 13,000 people. And, and it's easy to forget that this is, this is, we always talk about world-class stuff. That park is world-class. Like, nobody's got something like that. It's just this spectacular, huge green area with this lake behind and you're watching the band on the lake behind. There's people in kayaks puttering around, and there's you're just you're just watching this beautiful musical moment, and the geese fly over, <laughs> and they're not wank wank because the geese are listening. Eh? So it's just <laughs> silence. That <laughs> definitely. And they're out on the water, and you see just the geese moving around on the water behind, and it's just something else, right? What they play, Rich? Oh well, of course they played uh, right off the bat, Barbara Seville. <laughs> Made me think of Lee Bugs. of Courtney's yeah. husband saying, like singing the words, which I've now forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Come into my, uh, let me, da, 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 <laughs> something like that. Anyway, Barbara Seville, fantastic. And then they did, they did all the big hits, show tunes mostly. <laughs> like you got the James Bond theme. You got your Star Wars. You got the later Star Wars, you know, so do two different aspects of that. You really you hope your, that the uh, that orchestra members are just having fun. Well, that's what I was thinking about the orchestra members, because I've read that being in an orchestra is one of the highest stress jobs you can have. Really? Because there you are, you got the, all the snooty people, they paid like 200 bucks a ticket and you have to rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. It's got to be perfect, right? You got the conductor up there glaring at you if you make a little mistake. But I think when you're doing the pops, yeah, you just show up and you can play these things. You played them a million yeah. times, right? You can put a little swing into it if you feel like it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's what I hope they are doing. Because first of all, if it's free, somebody wants to criticize it, gets stuffed. What did you pay to watch this? Oh, nothing. But oh, okay. Well, that's what was, your opinion It was nearly flawless from a listener yeah. point of view. I'm, I'm sure from their point of view, they know all the little flaws yeah, but that they had. All but I'm from a listener is, point of view, man, it was great. Yeah, that, and that would contribute so much to your pleasure in doing it, knowing that you really aren't vulnerable to criticism. Yeah, this audience is not clutching yeah. pearls when you've made yeah. a little mistake. Yeah, and they're just- They don't even have them. pearls, whereas their normal audience come out with their best pearls yes, to clutch. exactly. They have Jeeves put their pearls on them before they leave the <laughs> house, in fact. So I went back to the food lineup. Sue goes, no, I'm bringing my own food. I'm sure you bring your own food if you want, but I'm going to go to the food truck. I said, I'll order for you if you want. She goes, okay, yeah, I'm not going to bring food and order for me. So I head back there. I choose the shortest lineup and it's the worst truck by far. Mm. The lineup moves super slow. It was the, uh, just for our audience, if you're going, uh, yeah, if you're going in the future, it is the Jamaican one, jerk chicken. That place, the, the lineup moves slow. And then once you finally place your order, 
then you join the crowd. The milling around crowd. their numbers, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I didn't mind because it was a beautiful day. You could still, you know, the music wasn't on yet because I still made it back in time for that. That's but, good. But, uh, but yeah, was, Sue said you were up there for an hour, but it was all good. It was all good. And the jerk chicken was excellent with rice and so it it says be. rice and peas. I guess that's what they call them in Jamaica, but they were really beans. Oh, They're actually quite nice. Ooh. Yeah. I wanted to say on Canada day. So first thing I've underestimated Canada day as a thing, right? So I was at a Canada day event and I was really surprised how crowded and popular it was. I yeah. just thought, yeah. What the hell? And, and lots of immigrants there, right? Yeah. And yeah. riding around that same weekend, there was a couple of places where it was like, look at all these people. Everybody and their dog appears to have been cooped up for months and just wanted to get outside. And I don't think it is cooped up. The weather's been pretty good. I think people just like to get out and enjoy the green spaces mm-hmm. way more than I have imagined for some yeah. reason. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, all the MAGA types, they don't show up for the national celebrations. Yeah, well. We got our our can of MAGAs, right? Yeah. They don't show up for those kind of things. They're not out for picnics and stuff like that. Don't get me going, man. Just at home doom scrolling. Yeah, so I think I've mentioned on the show once before, there's an injunction against people hanging off the mountain highway overpass over top of Highway 1 at the bottom of the cut. I believe you did mention that, yeah. And that there's some reluctance on behalf of the RCMP detachment in North Vancouver to enforce that injunction. Oh, yes. Which leads to the question of, geez, are our police forces picking and choosing which laws, which court orders they choose to enforce? I demographically, them? police are more likely to be right-wing than left. Yes, they are, isn't that? And so I drove down there again the other day, and there's a whole whack of people up there. It's always Thursdays. And there's a whole bunch of people out there in pride regalia. All uh-huh. kinds of flags and holding signs. And I honked my horn and gave them a big thumbs up as I went by. Good for them to have the courage to go up there and yeah. counter protest. But I mean, you sort of think, okay, RCMP, now what are you going to do? Now you have two opposing factions. The thing is twice as crowded. Yep. Now what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On Canada Day, I went down and did volunteer work for a friend of the show, Bo and Ma, down at Lawnsdale Key. So... My volunteer task was making buttons, you know? Right, buttons. the button machine. The button machine. Yeah. So it was great. That was probably the most, well, definitely the most fun two and a half hours of volunteer anything I might have ever done. Just you stand there with this machine and you get into a little rhythm because you have to do little moves. And the idea is kids come to a table and they're given a piece of paper with something pre-printed on it that's round. Uh-huh. And they color it and they put little stickers oh, on it. yeah. And then they bring it over to the table and somebody else cuts it into a, a round. Yes. Piece of paper that'll fit in the button just the right size yep. with a special cutter. Yep. And then they hand it to me or the other button maker and we just make it into a button. And it was great. I didn't, the person who's doing the cutting was also doing the gatekeeping. Sorry, there's a limit of two per person. You'll have to come back with him. Right. I was so grateful that someone else had to do that. That's a terrible job. Yeah. Because little kids are coming for the fourth time and stuff. Aww. You know, and I'm just pumping Aww. out the things. And, and I, every one of them say, that's a great button. And you hand it to some little kid. They're just thrilled to get this, like a button with their drawing in it. You know, they just think, whoa. So you got a layer of metal. Yep. You got the kids drawing. Yep. Is layer of plastic. some kind of plastic. 
and then that the button just crimps it all over. Yeah, then there's a there's a the, the pin goes underneath the layer of metal. Oh, that's the, the pin, last of thing that gets yeah. crimped yeah. in there. So towards the end, this kid comes up and I've seen him at least three times already. At least. And by now the gatekeeper is probably pretty much done. You know, just <laughs> whatever. This kid comes up and she cuts the square and they hand it to me and I look at this piece of paper and it says Marco has no wiener. <laughs> I stick it in the thing and make it a button and I hand it to him. And he just gives me this little half smile as he walks away. Like, I just thought, look, if the gatekeepers handed me that, I make it in. I just, I just push him out. Your job is not to be a gatekeeper. Oh God, I laugh. You're, you're like the, the Facebook reviewer who sees some pretty bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, funny. Very entertaining. And, you know, the little kids are just hopelessly cute, right? Oh, they're just really <laughs> thrilled when they get some. And here's this dippy 10 or 11-year-old kid. Yeah. And Marco, it, I made you a yeah. button. <laughs> Marco's like seven years old, right? He's something, yeah. He's a little sibling. <laughs> and the kids, he's looking like he really pulled one off. He walks away with this little that's smile so back. funny. Anyway, that was very pleasant. Just very, it was a lot of fun doing that. I, I don't think... That's only the second volunteer thing I ever did. And they're not, that was a lot of fun, but geez, there was a lot of people. Holy smokes. I just was floored by how many people were milling around. KJ, I'm liking your, uh, liking your orange thing. See, I'm thinking of it as a finished work, but it may not be. Definitely a work in progress. See, yeah. but that's the weird thing, you know? Yeah. Although I, I'm kind of digging it as a almost finished product myself but i know i know you know what they say the hardest part of producing art is knowing when it's finished yeah i've never heard that before it's actually. a true thing it does actually get said when do you stop screwing with it and just call it i a believe day? it yeah can we put a photo of the work in progress on the sure show? okay so <laughs> it is actually nice. a commissioned work is it for my first wife is it her color is orange are you going to make up a bunch of faux meaning for it all Oh, not these full. scratches represent some not of the faux skin, not faux <laughs> oh, really? tall. Oh, I'm, I... You got a spiel to go with it. Yeah. Because as far as I can make out, as far as abstract art goes, that is the key. So, uh, actually, I, I have a, also a photo which uh, remind me if I don't get around to doing it. She said, oh, I really like this painting or picture or whatever. And I said, Oh, I can, I could do that. <laughs> so I'll show you what the model is. Then this will be the work in progress. And then I'll show you the finished product. Oh, nice. And uh, happy birthday yesterday to Haley. Oh, thank you. Yeah. She was yesterday in Greece. I believe I saw her picture at the Parthenon. Why not? Wow. Huge lineup. Her and Ron went? degrees. Yeah. They went for uh, Ron's business partner's brother got married in Lebanon. So they went over, uh, just because of the travel, the itinerary calls for you to go to Greece first anyways. So they stayed a few days on the island of, I think, Parthos or Parsos. And I posted a picture of the dogs going to the bathroom, the chihuahuas. And I said, you know, from the island of Dempsios, because Dempsey Street is where we were. Ah, right. The island of, I thought it was hilarious. Um... And then they went to Lebanon and sent pictures from there and did the wedding. And then they came back to Greece for a few days. 
in Athens, I guess, and they did the Parthenon. Now she's in Montreal today, this day. So yeah, happy birthday. That's pretty awesome to be able to go to Lebanon and of course Greece, but Lebanon's not a place that most people would go to, right? Yeah. And some of the pictures, you know, you sort of go, Ooh, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty nice, really. A lot of those places that you know, in our minds are kind of like hell holes. Yeah, war-torn crisis Yeah, centers. like Iran's supposed to be just spectacular yeah. and beautiful. There's too many places, not enough time, boys. Going to Portugal in the fall, and I was reading up, Portugal does not have a lot of sort of big, giant, world-famous landmarky architecture. Or Portugal's beautiful, I've heard. Uh, yeah, they just say it's nice. That's This is the Rick Steves book. Yeah, not just nice, though. It's just really remarkable. Yeah. The, the people that have gone there that have talked to me about it. Well, and Spain as well. So someone was just recommending to me Spain and Portugal. John McMaster, actually. Oh, really? You know, my buddy, Johnny Mac. John Mac, yeah. yeah. So he listens to the podcast and he contacted me the other day saying, I'm having problems with my Mac. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Out of boy. So I've been helping him out. He's going to buy me coffee or something. Oh, That's funny. I could top that. But you Johnny Mac was saying... Spain and Portugal, beautiful and cheap. Yeah. Which I've never, I've always just thought, okay, Europe's Europe. You're going to pay through the nose, but. Yeah. I hope that's true. Cause I'm just about tapped out with the, like we're doing a cycling tour. Right. From yeah. North yeah. to South and. Yeah. You know, from Porto, I believe. Starting in Porto. Yeah. And finishing mm. in Tavira, which is described in the Rick Steves book as a village, which I was kind of surprised. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, have you ever talked to an Indian person about villages? Nope. Like one guy said, I'm just from a village. It's like 80,000 people. Yeah. 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 That's mm. a village in India. Well, I think in it's Portugal. China. Maybe a village is 5,000 people or I, something. Maybe. Well, what do you date skin? I think we start riding on September 15th. Oh. And we finish on October 2nd, maybe. Oh, okay, I'm not so. really, I can't quite So remember. a couple of weeks of riding. Yeah. We'll do 12 days of riding. And That's each of those days will probably be a bit shorter than the Land's End to John O'Groats that we did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So probably about 80, but there's a lot of, I, I understand there's a lot of climbing, which is yeah. uh, unhappy for me. And then do you hang around or you just come back after the Well, the I think tour? we're going to do a couple days on either end. A couple days in Lisbon. Uh-huh couple days in Porto to kind of see what the town looks like. A couple days in Tavira or in Byron's. We haven't quite. Porto's supposed to be lovely. Sorted that out. Yeah. Lots yeah. of steep streets. <laughs> but you're over there. Why don't you, you can't add a attack a week on? I, I, maybe I could, but there is the money thing. That's one yeah, thing. But, I mean, just check out what does it cost to stay at something like an Airbnb or a yeah. Verbo there. Might be a lot cheaper than you think. Yeah, it might be. I don't know. My tickets are bought. That's that's oh, there you go. But okay, I bought so the tickets yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun, and I will find out. Well, it's funny because uh, Susan just had dinner with John and Leanne at oh. the lake. Just, oh, okay. Like within the last three days, and yesterday she informed me that she's going to Portugal in October. She's going to do the ah uh, trail Camino. Oh, right, the little one or yeah. the smaller one. Yeah. Well, cool. you can just tell her I'll get there first. Yeah. Yeah. Take that. Copycat. <laughs> if we get t-shirts, we'll make her take one too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you know what I've been doing? I can top all of your John Mack fixing my, his Mac. And my little green concerts. Yes. No, I can't top the concert thing. <laughs> I should just top anything. It's not a contest, but so... I don't know, not too long ago, having dinner with the dance ladies at somebody's house, and one of them, one or two of them said, we would like to have 
just speak English nights. All right, yeah, yeah. So I've been doing, we have a WeChat group, Let's Speak English, and we just meet. It's just me and three people from dance. You meet at someone's house? No, we just, right now we're just meeting in Clinton Park, mm-hmm. 45, an hour before dance starts. Okay. And they bring all these snacks and the cutest little tea set you've ever seen, you know, all packed away for travel and brings it out and makes tea. And we were up on Burnaby Mountain, that park up there. Yeah. Really nice. Oh, I got some great pictures up there. But that's been pretty interesting. And I'm learning a lot. Unfortunately, I'm not learning a lot of Mandarin because they're not interested in my petty problems with Mandarin. (laughs) (laughs) They they want to learn English. They don't care about my Where do you meet at the park? Just uh, near the wading pool in Clinton Park. Oh, okay. Where we used to dance. Because we go there... Every second day, just about. Well, 6.30. 6.30 tomorrow, I'll probably be there. Oh. With the three. Because that's three a good ladies. dog time, too, actually. Uh, well, look for us at the east end of the park, I guess that I'll is. come and harass you. Yeah. Yeah, let them off leash amongst the dancers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get well, no, it's not the whole, the whole group doesn't dance there. We just, the four of us meet. 6.30 is your meeting, and then when's the And then the we dance start? at 7.45 over at Chief Joseph McQuinna. Oh. elementary school on third in slow okay. camp. So okay. we meet out first in slow camp oh. and we dance at Joseph McQuinna. Hmm. If that's how I walked by it. there yesterday. Well, McQuinna, I thought that's a good Irish Indian native name. Look for us in there. It's hot though. Ooh, it's really fun though. Dancing at that school because lots of people bring their kids down to play in the playground. Uh-huh. And we routinely get Little two and three year old kids just standing there with their mouth hanging open, just watching us. Watch. Yeah, you know, waving these big fans around and stuff, and they're oh, just yeah. like, "Whoa, yeah. it's really fun." Actually, that's a lot of fun. Jeez, if it gets any hotter, I could use a big fan. Speaking of fans, let's have a look. So these things are called wide fans. Yeah, PJ brought one of his uh, dancing fans. Well, very uh, jellyfish like, I think. These ones are hard to really snap much. And you wave it around. You do a lot of this kind of business. I mean, I've seen a lot of that in the, um, in the parades down on, yeah. in Chinatown. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just learning, we are just learning how to use these there. It's interesting. Eh? So when you dance, if you just dancing, what you do with your hands and feet and your body's pretty noticeable. It's just you up there dancing. You get a fan in your hand, a round fan. Oh, right. All of a sudden the eye follows the fan. You get yes. one of these things in your yeah. hand, these wide fans. You can do whatever you want with your other hand and your feet. Nobody notices anything yeah. as long as, because yeah. this thing is just big as life. It's waving yeah. around yeah. out there. So I often, and it's the same with costumes. I often joke about, you know, costumes doing all the work in that one because, <laughs> because everybody's wearing a fancy yeah, costume. Yeah, a little misdirection going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of misdirection. Has anybody ever blown a fan? What do you mean? Like have it dropped it? Everybody yeah. drops no, it. Like, no, no, but. It actually falls it, apart or rips. Not that I've seen. It's pretty. I've seen fans fall apart. Pretty robust. Not. Well, it's pretty cheap is what I was going to say. It's mm. very cheap. I got a wicked splinter off it the other. <laughs> it's hard to do sitting down, but I spent a lot of time just doing this just to get where I could. You need to, in the middle of the dance, you need to be able to open it quickly and close it quickly. Wow. Right? So I spent quite a bit of time just doing that. I just thought you'd be interested in seeing that because I don't know if I will appear publicly with one of these. I'm confident in my orientation as it stands, but I feel that uh, there's a decidedly feminine aspect to these kinds of fans. Yeah. 
Uh, that said, I can't I, say that I've ever seen men using them in the yeah, new, I, new year's parades. I also have a parasol in the car that I do a couple dances with mm-hmm. and it's really fun to do the dance. Yeah. I'm pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I'll do it publicly. Cause mm. again, it just, it's, it's uh, sort of jarring to see a man waving a parasol around. It just, yeah. I've seen videos of men doing it, but the guys I've seen in videos doing it are real dancers, right? You can tell at a glance that they're real dancers. They're super graceful. They don't look like me. I look like some guy with a parasol. They look like dancers. Hmm. Fun to do though. Lots of fun to do. Now, I believe we had- Listener mail? Listener mail. Which one's that? From our recent guest, our most recent guest. Oh, Captain Bob. Captain Bob. You want to read that one out or do you want me to- Sure, I can read it out. So this is a new comment on episode 165, The Time Traveler, in which now famous, he was already pretty well known, but now he's out and out famous, Captain Bob from Saskatoon. He writes in and he says, and it's, I'm just going to say, it's hard not to try imitating his voice when you read this. He says, it was a great honor to join three incredibly gifted confreres in conference. I sound a bit like RJ's, PJ's, and KJ's laugh track as they are very funny guys. Was I equalized to sound like a goober? Or is that my real voice? <laughs> Just wondering. Exo. <laughs> a goober. <laughs> a goober. And I also liked conference confreres. Confreres, yeah. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to episode 165, absolutely go do listen to it. It was really a lot of fun. Without any insult to any of our other guests who have also been extremely wonderful, it was really a lot of fun having Robin here. We've known him forever. It's just great to uh, shoot the breeze. And by the time you hear this, 166 will be out as well. Yeah. And Cap and Bob uh, was uh, featured in that one too. Yeah. It took me like a week to recover. In fact, if this episode and the next one sounds a little flat, it's because we wore ourselves out when Robert was here. Did you like my thought bubbles in the photo? Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Tonight I'm telling him the truth about Santa Claus. Well, because he has that in the photo, he has that look at his face. He's He's got his chin stuck out a little bit. Just a little bit miffed there. (laughs) What the hell? Yeah, that's the only, I I was pretty pleased. And so Rob now, of course, Rob, I, I just finished saying I was exhausted for a week after that episode, but He's going to be suffering all manner of temporal distortion and stress. Hmm. He's listened to and responded to an episode that is a year and a half, at least ahead of where he's right. at in his sequential. Right. Mission. So now he's going back to his sequence, oh, no doubt. Man, it's just, yep. there's going to be a lot of stress on the internal structures there. So I hope somebody's keeping an eye on him because that's a lot. We went to Van Dusen Gardens. How was that? Because I've been pondering that. It was excellent. I mean, it's cheap, right? So I, I don't know what Butchart Gardens must be like 20 know. bucks, I'm, I'm guessing. And it is like just the fact that it's in the middle of the city and you, your mind boggles with what the value of that land is. Yeah. Um, so it was like, I think I got the seniors rate of $9 and Sue had paid like $11 or something. And uh, it was fantastic. And it's summertime, right? So it's not the best. But oh, of no? course they have all kinds of, well, it's not going to be the best. Spring's going to be the best, best, right? Oh. But, uh, but they had all kinds of blooms and whatnot. And they had those massive, they're actually literally called giant. Handkerchief trees. No. Swiss family Robinson trees. What's the kind of vegetable in your garden that you make pies, rhubarb? It's oh, giant, elephant. Giant rhubarbs. And they're like what? Each leaf is about five feet across. They look 
prehistoric. But it is I called think. giant rhubarb. Is it? Yes. I thought it was called elephant something or other. Well, it might, Not it might grass. be. It, yeah, you know how it and goes. Doesn't right? it have a spiny stalk as yeah, well? Yeah, it does. It, it does. does. Yeah. And if you're not using the Latin, yeah, yeah. you can call it whatever you want. But okay. I think um, they use... Tone of defensiveness there, but we'll just keep moving <laughs> along. <laughs> if you're not using the Latin, I'll call it whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Is that so better? Is that closer? into aggression. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about all of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, Fantastic. Oh, that's good to know because I have uh, thought about it because we uh, we visited that Lakeland Flowers and saw tulips and it was cool. And I can't get a bead on lilacs. And I was thinking about Van Dusen as an alternative. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's good to hear that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. it's it's huge. And so you can just wander around is one approach, not worry about because they hand you the maps. And, yeah. you know, at first we were looking around. We tried to follow the self-guided tour, you know. It's like. Is it all in Latin? It it tells you to turn back and look at the gentle curves of the roof and why the roof's curved, right? And it it says to go to the lake, right? Turn back and look at the roof. And it says, now, okay, so go to your right. Okay, so, okay. Did you mean to the right as we're viewing the curves? (laughs) Or do you mean as we're viewing Livingston Lake, right? Okay, let's assume Uh, that it's the lake. Put yourself in their mind. Cross a wooden bridge. Ah, wooden bridge. That means that you're going to be crossing over the part of the lake there. Now, Now, go up a gentle incline. What's gentle? There's three paths, two of which just, have gentle inclines. I can just you know? hear him having this conversation. Like, what's gentle? So we got lost. We couldn't. We couldn't actually do the self-guided tour, which is too bad. I kind of enjoy those things, but that is pretty fun, RJ. Because uh, listeners, I just want to remind you: this is the same guy who, in his past, became very frustrated over a lack of a clear definition of what a pinch of salt is. Exactly. I remember that well. Yeah, exactly. So you know, when you get when you get a thing that says a gentle slope all you direction editors out there put in the degree of slope for heaven's sakes just put it in no just start with you know just say the the gentle slope to the left it's so easy <laughs> when you're easily confused you can actually write these really well yeah, yeah. but the people who are listening it's all organic man just, just go with the flow had a bunch of fun hope there was something in there that you found relevant or useful or informative or amusing or all of the above we did and i think you can look forward to more of the same in the next episode